0: Hey, hi. uh, I am Richard Donner, but you can call me Dick. And you're listening to Superman Movie Minute. Is that right? Did I do it right?
1: Welcome to the first episode of Superman 2 Movie Minute. The show that scrutinizes, analyzes, and you'll believe a man can fly, is 1980-81 Superman 2. The adventure continues five minutes at a time. Proud member of the Fire & Water Podcast Network. I one of your hosts, Chris Franklin, and joining me on this journey through time and space is... Rob Kelly.
0: Chris, we're here. We did it. We finally made it. We're here for
1: Superman 2. Never thought this thing would go the distance.
0: <laughs> People have been clamoring this for a long time, and we've been waiting a long time to do it. But now we're, we're here. We're in Paris. We're in Metropolis. We're in the Arctic. We're, we're going to go all over the world and in outer space. Yes, it's exciting. We're going to be on the
1: moon. I mean. <laughs> the whole planet Houston. The planet Houston. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're here. It's it's finally here. We've been talking about it, like Rob said, for a long time. But we're here. and It's Superman 2. Superman and just be up front. This is the theatrical cut. Of Superman 2. This is yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah, uh,
0: we do need to address uh,
1: the uh, Kryptonian babooch in the room, as it were. <laughs> yes, uh, there have been some changes in the uh, production uh, since uh, the end of Superman the movie. Um, as we talked about last time on Superman Movie Minute, or through the course of Superman Movie Minute, uh, during the production of Superman the movie, uh, our director, our buddy, Dick Donner, director Richard Donner, <laughs> uh, <laughs> He uh, had, was beginning to have trouble with the uh, Salkinds. There was a disagreements over budgeting. Uh, uh, what it amounted to, I guess, was uh, Alexander Salkind would uh, question the money that was being spent. He would tell his son Ilya Salkind to come talk to Donner, and, and Ilya and Pierre Spengler, or Star Spangle, Spangled Spengler, <laughs> as, as Richard Donner likes to call him, uh, would come to Donner, and they would disagree, and over what they were doing. And it got to the point where he basically told them not to come to his set. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, they, the Kynes and Spengler contacted their old friend, uh, director Richard Lester, uh, Richard Lester had directed the three and four Musketeer movies, uh, for the Kynes. He'd also directed, uh, Hard Day's Night and lots of other great films, Uh, We'll get into more of Richard Lester's filmography when we get to his credit, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, But um, they called him in as to be a go-between between uh, between themselves and Donner. And uh, Richard Lester came to the set, introduced himself to Richard Donner as, I'm just here. You know, you tell me what you want them to know, and I'll do the same for them, and I'll just be your go-between. And Richard Donner's like, okay. But if you see any of the uh, interviews between the cast and the crew – and I would highly recommend you watch the, uh, you'll believe uh, documentary on the Blu-ray and DVD sets for the Superman movies. There was quite a bit of tension on the set because here you had two famous directors <laughs> on a movie set. <laughs> yeah. That's gotta be awkward. <laughs> yeah. That's gotta be awkward. And rumors were already starting to percolate that, well, they might fire Richard Donner, you know? And, uh, of course the movie comes out it's a huge hit, massive blockbuster. And, uh, a Variety columnist uh, asked Pierre Spengler, uh, you know, I heard you and Donner had uh, had some tension, and he said, yeah, it's true, but we're both coming back for Superman 2. Well, apparently Richard Donner, I mean, it's in Variety. It's right there in Variety. You can see it. Uh, it's, it's late 1978, early 1979. Um, the uh, same columnist asked Richard Donner about that, and he said, well, according, in, in reference to Spengler, well, if he's on it, I'm not. And uh, so the Salkinds... Fired Richard Donner. Mm. Uh, they they sent him a postcard that said uh, or a telegram that said your services are no longer needed. That's how they that's how they let Richard Donner go. They didn't. <laughs> they they basically texted him and broke up with him. <laughs> I mean, basically what it amounts to. Thank can you. you next. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Exactly. Uh, can you believe that, Rob? <laughs> uh,
0: you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we what well, we know that because of this kind of the shenanigans that the Shawkinds proof pulled on the three musketeers slash four musketeers, there was a new law in Hollywood established right. for them because they basically had two movies shot and didn't tell the cast. They just yeah. thought they were making one movie. And then they were like, oh yeah, we, we got so the you know, you basically all of you did a movie for us for free. And that's some uh, that's some weapons grade chutzpah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that, that that's gutsy to do for anybody, let alone when you look at the cast of that movie, you've got Charlton Heston and Oliver Reed. Would you want to piss off Oliver Reed? I would not. So God, not, uh, he
1: turns into a werewolf.
0: I yeah. Think, oh my angry. God. <laughs> you know, it's just unbelievable. <laughs> so yeah. And it's, it, it, this whole thing is unfortunate because obviously Richard, we worship Richard Donner and we wish that. You know, there had been, and we'll get, we'll address that in a moment. Like, wish he had a, got a chance to finish the movie. But nevertheless, Chris and I are here to talk about the released movie, which is officially credited to Richard Lester. You could argue that it really should have gotten a co credit, Donner and Lester, but there's some DGA rules about that. I don't exactly mm-hmm. know what they are. There's a certain percentage um, that. One director has to meet, and then they can get credit. I don't. I, it seems like Donner exceeded that percentage because I thought the percentage is like thirty percent or something. And this, I think, this film is much more thirty percent of Richard Donner's. But anyway, the film as directed is listed as Richard Lesser and that's the version we're going to talk about. Is the theatrical one, the one that I saw in the theater when I was nine years old.
1: Yeah, me too. And uh, I think I think the percentage thing. I think that's uh, in that documentary. Margot Kidder kind of addresses the fact that that's one reason why. They went with new scenes. They didn't just reshoot oh, existing scenes. Okay. They created new material uh, that was created under Lester uh, oh, to uh, okay. right. to fulfill that uh, obligation to basically not have Donner's name on the film. Wow! Uh, and somebody else isn't in the film. Uh, that would be Marlon Brando. Uh, and uh, in addition to firing uh, the uh, director of their multi-billion-dollar million dollar movie uh they they fired the biggest uh star in hollywood they they didn't bring marlon brando back because it was going to cost them more money and so they excised marlon brando from superman 2 which will become very
0: apparent in the five minutes that we're going to talk about
1: (laughs) yes and he sued them
0: (laughs) hey man when you own your own island you know you need money rolling
1: in is that the island of Doctor Moreau? Is that the one he just?
0: Yeah. <laughs> hey, I don't. That'd be cool. I wouldn't be surprised if Marlon Brando did just want to buy the island of Doctor Moreau. But yeah, he owned that island. Like he had like a private island, and you know, you need money rolling in from those amigo uh, Jor dolls and stuff. You
1: can't get he, be cut out of things. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. So both. I mean, you know, you can you can argue like the two of the marquee names of the movie. I mean, obviously Marlon Brando was the 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 the, the top billed star of Superman the movie. He's gone. Uh, and he was to play an important part in this movie, not just in flashbacks, and uh, and also, of course, Richard Donner. So, yeah, so we're... And, of course, it goes without saying, Richard Lester stepped in as as director of the film. So, yeah, but we are going to talk about uh, Superman, too, the, the, the theatrical cut, and uh, I saw this in the theater, too. My mom actually took me to this one. My cousins had taken me to Superman the movie, and I don't know if it... I was trying to think if I had seen Superman the movie again... In between uh, the two films coming out, because this came out in the U.S. in '81 in the summer, and it came out I think in wasn't in Europe in like 1980, late 1980. Yeah, I think that's crazy.
0: Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, I know nowadays that that other countries get like the Avengers movies and Star Wars movies, but they get them like a week early, not like four months.
1: That's not right. Yeah, yeah, that that that's it's, cra- it's crazy to think, and it's like. I mean, I know, of course, they were mostly shot in you know England. So I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense in a way. But it's it's uh, it's so weird to think. And I mean, of course, all the stuff here, we didn't get like the Treasury comic and all that stuff in late yes. 1980. We got it in the summer. You know, right, we, right. They they planned all the marketing to coincide with it coming. Uh, at least the marketing here to coincide when it was le- released here. But yeah, I, I I I'm trying to remember though if if like I had seen it uh, the original movie in between the you know two times of the theater and i unless it was on hbo and i didn't have hbo but my grandparents and my aunt and uncle did and occasionally i would you know they would be like hey this movie's going to be on uh you know like the 66 batman movie i remember one time my my mom had, took me up to my aunt and uncle's house and my aunt and my mom talked while i watched the batman movie you know uh, so I, I don't know if that same kind of thing happened with Superman, but I feel like my mom had to see the first Superman at some point, but maybe this opening part was what, you know, got her up to speed, Right? Because, right. I mean, they, you know, they, they, they did, they do fill you in pretty well here. So
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a good, it's a good move. Well, I guess the one last thing that I, I think we probably need to address before we get started on the, the first five minutes is the Donner cut, which of course now exists as a thing. Uh, release the Donner Cut uh, the, the, So the <laughs> Donner Cut Sorry So the Donner Cut exists as a uh, you know, separate movie It was released on DVD in like uh, like 2006 I think And it was partly because of a fan That happened to like have all this material Or not have it but like he compiled it himself To show Warner Brothers that this could be made And so it finally got released under the uh, Authorship of, of Donner And Tom Mankiewicz and of course it comes with an audio Commentary track with the two of them And as everybody knows the, the original commentary track for Superman the movie is my favorite one of all time. I've, I quoted it extensively during our episodes of Superman Movie Minute,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: i don 't know how you feel about it, Chris, but when I watch Superman to the director's cut, and look, nobody but nobody loves Richard Donner more than us. you know we, <laughs> I don't think we have to uh, restate our bona fides when it comes to the love of Richard Donner. We spoke to the man we worship the ground he walks on, that said. I regard Superman two the Donner cut as not a finished movie because right. to me it just isn't. It just it's it's it is what I think. There's a term in Hollywood called an assembly cut, and an assembly cut is when uh, you know they shoot the movie and then they pile together all the footage that they have and they put it together in order and they go and they watch it and they see okay. Here's the chance for us to see now that we've shot what we've shot, is this a finished movie? And that's the chance where you say, well, you know what, mm, we need kind of a scene between this scene and this other scene, so we've got to do a reshoot. Or, you know what, that scene didn't quite work as well, so we need a reshoot for that. Or, you know what, we've got to write a new scene because this character says this or whatever. And that's when you hear about, you know, oh, the original cut of, uh, of uh, you know, Age of Ultron was five hours long. No, it wasn't. That's the assembly cut. That's all yeah. the footage. Uh, it's never intended to be a five-hour movie. And so I think this is the assembly cut. This is what would have been looked at when, if Richard Donner had stayed through production. And then they would have said, oh, you know what? We need to reshoot this. We need to reshoot that. But, of course, Donner was doing this 30 years afterwards, and unfortunately, our beloved Superman, Christopher Reeve, had, had passed on. So there was no way to reshoot any of that stuff. So I don't... I, I enjoy the Donner cut, and again, nobody loves Richard Donner more than us. But I don't regard the Donner cut as a finished movie, and so that's why for Superman two movie minute, we are talking about the theatrical version because that is a finished movie, for better or worse. That's a finished
1: movie, right? Exactly. I mean the 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 Donner cut. It's it's like a it's almost like an assemblage of deleted scenes yes. to a point. You know, yeah. it's like it, 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 but it's. I mean, it's a well done. It's 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 a well done, but it's sure. it, Plus, it also doesn't. It also doesn't. Uh, it doesn't work with the actual ending of Superman the movie as it came out because you know it's. It, it didn't. Uh, I mean, in, in a lot of ways. I mean, I guess it kind of does, but I mean, you know, they they changed the ending. Well, basically because they reuse in the Donner cut they reuse the uh, you know turn the world back around, turn time back around thing uh because that was the original ending for Superman 2 right. and Warner Brothers was like uh, yeah we're not sure you're going to get a Superman 2 so tack that really cool ending onto the end of this movie you're making yep. and let's get let's get it done and um so you know so when they re- see that reused at the end of Superman 2 then that really ha- uh, Superman 2 Donner cut that really hammers home the complaints of people who said well why can't Superman just turn back time every time something bad happens <laughs> you know i mean right. you know, yeah. so, so so i mean it kind of kills that well, this was like a one-time thing it could do or something, you know, that that we kind of liked to, in the back of our heads. We well, he can't do this all the time. He's really, he has to be really emotionally invested and it's really strains him and blah, 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 and all that stuff. So yeah, it, uh, yeah, it, it, you know, there was, re- I, I don't think there was any ever question between Rob and I, no. which one we would talk about. We would talk about the, the uh, theatrical cut and uh, yeah, again, it's like Rob said, we're huge fans of, of Richard Donner, but Richard Lester, is the man credited with directing Superman two. Of course we know there's a good chunk of good chunk of footage that is, uh, uh, you know, still Richard Donner. And it's kind of easy to tell, uh, we'll, does we'll, it we'll have Gene Hackman in it? Then it's Richard is, Donner. Is Gene Hackman does, does is if, if it's any scene where Christopher Reeve looks like he it just lost 15 pounds, it's also probably Richard <laughs> Donner. Uh, so, and 15 pounds of muscle not you know of course he was in yeah. great shape but yes. uh, but but uh, yeah so yeah we'll we'll point those out as we go along and sure. we'll probably when we get to the end of this we mm-hmm. probably will discuss and do an episode on the Donner cut and and just what the, new, the, the 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 exclusive footage to that and kind of put it in context of, of of this film but we want to talk about this movie so why don't why don't we get into it? what do you th- what do you say sounds good okay all right so of course we start uh in outer space, and uh, we're seeing a, a lot of footage that uh, looks familiar to us. Uh, we don't get any curtains, no voiceover this time, no fake action comics number one. Uh, it's, we're out in outer space, uh, and uh, I, I, I pretty much instantly I can tell that the music is orchestrated a little bit differently, too. Did that jump out at you, Rob?
0: That's funny. Now I didn't really notice that. I, I tend to never notice those things, and so now I didn't. I didn't notice that.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, I, it's just we've got got Ken Thorne working on working from uh, John Williams' score for the first movie. I mean, they they John Williams gets credit for creating the original music, and Ken Thorne is reorchestrating his themes here, and he, he does a great job. It's just I I guess because I've listened to the soundtrack so many times independently. I can like instantly hear the difference, so it's like, oh yeah, we got the Ken Thorne the Ken Thorne version now. So
0: that's got to just... be intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Gosh. <laughs> Here's this Picasso painting. Can you improve this? Um, okay. Sure. Try. Thanks.
1: <laughs> yeah, and uh, apparently I've 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 seen uh, you know a couple different versions of 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 uh, why John Williams didn't basically because he was busy doing the Empire Strikes Back and then running over to do uh Raiders of the Lost Ark. So, you know, boo hoo we didn't get him on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Superman 2, you know. Uh he was over but, there being but, a genius on that other movie. <laughs> right, exactly. So, uh, I I I one one uh snippet I saw on IMDb said he recommended Ken Thorne, who was a friend of his. So, you know, a colleague. So, so that, you know, it's in good hands. Uh so sounds good, but uh we find ourselves on krypton and uh first we see the the cr- cr- kryptonopolis i guess city that uh <laughs> uh that uh, we visit in the first film as we close in on the dome and all that but uh then we get to see a close up of a character who we only saw in the uh <laughs> The previous extended cut that we talked about, and that is the Kryptonian stormtrooper.
0: Yes, we get the, the reappearance of the snowtrooper. The snowtroopers had a good year; they were in this movie and Empire Strikes Back.
1: <laughs> I think they're I think his helmet's a little better looking here, though. It seems like it's, uh, it's a little more refined.
0: Yeah, I think um, so. They knew that if we're going to do a giant close-up, we got to kind of <laughs> make this. Look A little less chintzy than he looked in the, the other movie Even, even here I am God, we're not, we're two minutes into the new episode I'm already referring to the commentary track of Superman But it's when that snowtrooper scene Shows up in Superman, the movie heard Donna go Oh, that guy, co- oh He kind of groan because
1: he thought it looked so cheesy <laughs> Well, his helmet looks great The rest of his costume is still kind of cheesy looking He's yeah. got that giant belt buckle Alert, 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 or whatever <laughs> you know? It's just like uh, in the Zod uh, Zod and Non and Ursa Sneak in behind this guy and uh, non snaps his neck, sure does. I mean, so, so that's you know, it's, it's not the first time we've seen Kryptonian snap Kryptonian, or not the last time we'll see a Kryptonian <laughs> snap a Kryptonian's neck, unfortunately. I do not know um, what you're uh, referring to, Chris. <laughs> now, you can't get on me for talking about Superman 2 because we're in Superman 2 now. Damn, so now, you get, <laughs> now you gotta get on me talking about other Superman movies. Uh, I thought it was kind of uh, you know, kind of funny that uh, uh, we're, we're we're here in the. It looks, I guess, we're in the council chambers or the judgment chambers, wherever they sentence them to the Phantom Zone, because uh, they go over to the chamber, the little or the little control panel uh, that's got the usual tubes, just like we see in the fortress or in, in Jor-El's lab, and Zod grabs this red crystal and they both look like oh this is a big deal this red crystal yep, i don't know what yep. this red crystal is and they he snaps it and ursa's got this like delighted you know smile on her face and uh it's uh i i really wonder i wonder what that was was that like you know some kind of kryptonian defense mechanism that they were thought they were like you know breaking down the defensive so they could take over or uh, you got any ideas? I,
0: I take it is that this is a trap. This is some sort of elaborate trap that they have sprung for mm-hmm. the three villains. Like they have like maybe told them – they let them know, oh, the control panel to the Huja Watsits is here, and they knew that Zod and Nan and Ursa wouldn't be able to resist. And so it's it's like, okay, we sort of set this it's, – it's kind of a Batman-esque trap really where they're walking into this thing that's going to spring load on them the minute they do this thing. That said, I am curious as to why on the control panel there is the L-S-Shield family crest mm. on the front. You would think that would be kind of alerting, you know, Nan and, and Ursa and Zod that this is maybe not on the up and up or something. Or or maybe they thought they were going into Jorel's private chamber or something. I, the, the S-Shield baffles me as why it's there other than just to sort of remind people – what this is, but it, it, it does seem kind of strange. But it, it was, we know that Zod is not a master tactician. I mean, he's the smartest of the three, but that's like being the smartest of the three stooges. You know, I mean, he's the bow <laughs> of this group. So, but I mean, he's really about brute force and just being nasty. So I guess he didn't really think this through. Um, but, uh, but that's how I took it, is that this is, they the Zod thinks that this red beam, this red baton that he's got is significant, but what they don't know that this is all a trap because of course the minute he breaks it, you know the the spring is sprung as it were.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're right, and, and the whole the S shield thing through me. It, it kind of makes me wonder if in the changeover between creators, uh, you know, creative staff, if they didn't just kind of lose the thread that this the S was not a Kryptonian. It was just not a generic Kryptonian symbol, but was the House of L symbol. Right, you know, because pressed. right. Yeah, we're, if the family crest, because now we're not going to see Brando on screen, other than if you maybe catch his hand here later. Uh, so, mm. so, uh, so I, I mean, I kind of wonder if that's uh, part of the part of the deal. I also noticed too; it was really strange. They seem like they're they're blue or green screen in front of the background. It seems like yeah, uh, yeah. At, which is odd. So it makes me wonder if um, there wasn't a set that. Uh, that, you know, they, they had lost between the two movies or something. And, uh, you know, because I know one, you know, one thing they wanted to do for, uh, Superman while they were, they, of course they were filming Superman two, while they were filming Superman one under Donner. And they were trying to shoot like every scene in the fortress at one time, you know, or every scene on Krypton at one time, partially because they only had Brando for a very limited amount of time. Uh, because the you know the the meter was running on Brando,
0: <laughs> he <laughs> and, probably would have uh, walked out mid line if they had stay, you know it if he'd hit the deadline it would have been like my son I I'm done he just walks away
1: yeah. <laughs> you're like oh wait wait hold on wait 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 rips the cue card off the guy's forehead and walks out <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> and um, and and they didn't have Gene Hackman that long either right and, yep uh, yep uh, so. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know if that had something to do with it, but it's 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 kind of obvious that they've been they've they're they're not in this they're, they're not in this room that they're, they show them in. Uh, it's it's a it's a background or a projection or something and, and green screened in. And uh, well, then uh, I, I, one thing I want to point out, too, when watching this movie again, I did notice there's a few scenes, including this one, like when there's flashes of light, you can actually see the red. Uh, in the costume of the the Phantom Zone villains, the soon to be Phantom Zone villains, um, there's that red like leather piping around the the V neck of their tunics and and uh, the top uh, in their boots that uh, I think we discussed this when we talked about the toys with uh, Brian Hyler that. Uh, Mattel, infamously, when they made a General Zod figure about ten years ago, they gave him very red <laughs> boots yep. and lots in and, and, and red uh, accoutrement on his costume. It's not that noticeable, but it is there in certain lighting. But you know, to the naked eye, they just have all black outfits on. So it's, yeah, I it's,
0: noticed it watching it for this five minutes, but that was probably the first time I ever noticed it because now I'm examining it, you know, on a granular level. But but yeah, it's it's amazing what
1: can be altered by just how, what lighting you throw on it. Right. Right. Yeah. So, and, and, uh, so they, you know, they're all happy with themselves that they've destroyed the (laughs) red baton. And then all of a sudden here come the, uh, the floating rings of doom, uh, (laughs) drop down around them. So now we're retroactively led to believe that the beginning of Superman, the movie had them caught in this trap. You know, they weren't captured earlier, and then brought before the council. No, they were trapped in the chambers where they judged them. Uh, so that that's kind of a interesting retcon, you know, for the for the uh, you know that's a that's a comic worthy retcon, I think, right, mm-hmm. <laughs> right there. <laughs> and of course, we the their uh, their judge or their prosecutor slash judge here is actually. Some unknown, and I, I don't I don't know if you know who it is, but it's it's not Marlon Brando. No, uh, absolutely it, not. It's a voiceover that sounds semi-Brando-esque, but not like they're not doing a Brando impersonation by any means. Uh, but maybe somebody that wasn't really familiar with the film might just assume that that's Brando. And I mean— we see a lot of the same scenes. We see the, you know, we get the Kryptonian council saying, you know, guilty, guilty. Uh, uh, well <laughs> guilty. done. Yeah, thanks. Uh but uh, but uh you know, then then the uh the Mirror Phantom Zone prison comes comes at him. I mean, this is all truncated from the the uh what we saw in Superman 1, but uh I, Superman the movie. I'm sorry. I always still call it Superman 1 sometimes. I I I, I the revert back to my kid way of referring to it as Superman 1. Uh, uh, and uh, they're you know trapped in the Phantom Zone. But I thought it was interesting as they're flying away, that's when they have Zod say, you know, you will bow down before me, Jor-El. Both you, Jor-El. He says Jor-El again, which is interesting. And then one day your are heirs. And uh, who's he talking to? Where's Jor-El?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's really amazing that when, as a kid, you just accept stuff, because it took, I, I didn't really, didn't really dawn on me d- that this scene does not track with the first movie at all. It took me decades to kind of, like internalize that you know what i mean i just saw it and i was like okay yeah that's the beginning where they get trapped and then you watch it again you're like wait no that's not how it happened they already showed us that it, no that's this this is completely different and when you're a kid you just i don't know you just accept stuff when you get older you're, you start getting all like no 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 so it is weird that they just completely edit out Jarrell. even but then of course he's talking to Jarrell. but yeah that's they're just completely rewriting the movie that they just showed you two years earlier
1: right yeah it's 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 almost like uh when you get a comic book recap and the artist draws it it draws it in a similar fashion but he's changing like what characters are there and different things like that you know it kind of it kind of reminds me of that it's like well you know no well uh wonder woman was retconned out of the justice league by this point she shouldn't be there you know that that's what it kind of that's what it kind of reminds me of so it's uh another uh another comic book nod, even if they didn't mean to you know basically yeah. <laughs> basically here uh, so, uh, as, as, uh, Zod is, is reminding us that he vowed revenge against jor and his heirs, then it cuts to the, uh, green crystal. And, uh, that's when we start getting credits. Uh, so, um, uh, you know, we get, uh, Alexander Salkine presents and his name flies by and it curves this time, which is, uh, the, uh. The, uh, the letter – the name effect is, is a little bit different. I mean it's in the same vein but uh, doesn't do the exact same special effect as uh, last time, which I thought was kind of a neat touch, mix it up a little bit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean they, they figured out how to do it on the first movie. Now they're like, all right, let's push it a little. Uh, Christopher Reeve must have been thrilled because he finally gets a name above the title. Right uh, yeah. The first movie it was Marlon Brando, Gene Hackman, Superman, Christopher Reeve, like I got a guy. And now it's Gene Hackman and Christopher Reeve Superman amid footage of Lara taking care of her child. Uh, apparently she's a single mother.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only time I mean, and I wonder if they didn't get somebody to come in and reshoot that scene of the hand getting the crystal out of the <laughs> out of the tube uh because you know that's the only shot that that could perhaps have Brando in it. And uh, he may, may suit, maybe suit him over seeing his hand in the movie. I don't know. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, that wasn't your hand. It was a green bagel. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Chris Reeve gets bumped up, uh, and we get, uh, basically we get previously on Superman. We get, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, we get, uh, flashbacks. We, we see, uh, the, the movie progress from the point where we just left, which I think is kind of neat. I mean, I thought, as a kid sitting in the theater, I thought that was a cool little bonus. Okay, I'm getting to see parts of the the first movie again. You know, yeah. I, I I really like that. And I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't didn't have a lot of movies under my belt, and I don't I don't even know if I'd ever really seen a real sequel in a movie theater before, honestly. But just the fact that you get that that recap uh, like that, although it did bother me when the when the S shield comes up, it's yellow on a red background. Uh, it's reversed, basically, from the classic Superman uh, logo, and I thought, well, that's not right. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute, it's his cape. It's the back there of his cape. There you go. There you go. You red, you <laughs> your red, condit yourself. Well done. No
0: prize there for Chris Frank.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I have no prize that that's right. Yeah, I, you know, there's a couple shots I think of. Maybe I saw one shot of Lara leaning over the rocket, crying that I don't remember seeing before. It might have been there, and we just got, you know, it was just a quick. Shot and uh, but it didn't seem familiar to me, so they may have even pulled some alternate shots in here to
0: it's probably in that three hour version on Blu ray that we have now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it probably is. I'm just not, I'm just not over familiar to it. Yeah, uh, we're talking about the music, um, the uh, the fanfare in particular is a little bit different. Uh, I mean, it's obviously the same music, it's just it's orchestrated and performed differently, and uh, it's I I don't think it's as, as strong as the Donner. Uh, as it is in the Donner version under Williams, but you know it's still the Superman theme, and it's still, of course, it's it's it says Superman to everybody that's listening to this, and it still sounds great. So uh, we get from Krypton to Smallville really fast uh, <laughs> uh, because we can't afford Jor El's travel log. Yeah, right? You know.
0: Yeah, we got to get uh, right to the little baby being naked. Uh, and, yeah, and then, yeah, we got to weird shot to put in your opening credit of all the shots to pull from the first movie that's the shot you pull so there, that actor who we know is like you know goes to conventions and is like i was baby superman he was in two movies uh
1: naked <laughs> was... aaron smolensky yes aaron he smolensky was... there you go <laughs> yeah he was he was uh yeah so that actually makes him he's he was in superman one two and three uh so because he's the kid in superman three that uh, Superman gives the uh, picture to when he comes out of the phone booth and oh, changes it right. again. Right. So so he is actually in Superman 1, 2, and 3 and then in Man of Steel. So yay for you, man. That's a... <laughs> yeah. good, good job, buddy. Yeah,
0: yeah no, I, so, I like this whole thing about you showing the the previous scenes. I wish more comic book movies did this. I think it's a very elegant and comic booky way of giving everybody a recap. I mean, I remember when uh, the Hulk movie did that. Uh, the the one with the um, the Incredible Hulk. And they yeah. just showed you... They just basically redid the Ang Lee movie in the opening credits of the second movie, except but good. And it was like it just got you up to speed. You're like, OK, OK, Gamma, Red, I got – boom, done. OK, and then we can just tell our story. I think it's a very uh, very efficient way of, of getting everybody up to speed who might not remember all the events. Uh And so, yeah, I think it's smart. Again, I wish like virtually all comic book movies did it. I think it's cool.
1: I thought, you know, Spider-Man 2 – Had the Alex Ross paintings recreating the scenes from the movie, the first movie, I thought that was really cool because that that definitely put it over the comic book meter uh, there. (laughs) So uh, that that was that was great. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm with you. I wish we, you know, I I mean, it would be neat if Avengers Endgame has, uh, you know uh the recap of what happened in infinity war, you know well, just, just uh, everybody
0: turned into dust <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, just just snap, 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 you know over and over again uh but uh yeah so uh i i i, I would still think it's really cool too, in fact i you know, i used to uh sometimes when I was a kid and i had i had this on v h s and I think I taped it off of when a b c first showed it of course, they showed a longer extended cut. Uh there's an extended cut of Superman two, although it's not out officially. Uh but there's, you know, bootleg versions of it out. I'm 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 waiting for that to come out one day, the extended Superman two cut. Uh but um uh, I would pop the, the VHS in and just watch this first part of it just to get like the M T V version of Superman the movie, you know, basically. <laughs> you know, it's the music video of of, of Superman the movie. Uh so so yeah, it, it's uh it's 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 uh it's really cool. And uh yeah, so we get to the credits and and uh we we get up to uh who do we get up to uh, before we get out of here. Clark uh, opening
0: the barn. He's it's uh, that's the 5 oh. minute mark. He's just opening the barn and he's about to discover the green crystal again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we we got to we get to Jeff East although I don't think he gets any credit in this movie uh oh. but he is on he is on screen and uh, of course he's he's not we don't have Christopher Reeve dubbing over his voice this time because he's not heard and uh we don't in this scene don't get a close up on his putty nose, but uh, you know <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah, Jeff East as uh, young Clark Kent is uh is on screen and uh yeah, so that I think that pretty much takes us through. I think we get to is it Sarah Douglas is the last is that the last name we get to before we fade out? i I can't. Uh... The
0: last, the last shot I see at four fifty nine, fifty nine is Jeff East opening the the barn. That's the last. Yeah,
1: shot. I was just thinking of did we get to oh, the names?
0: Uh... Yeah, I believe so. I think we see. I think we see yeah, because then it's it's all alphabetical again. Uh, when you have a cast this big, it's probably easier just to do it that way. So the, the Ned Beatty, Jackie Cooper, Sarah Douglas, casting wise, I did want to mention this week before I before we wrap up is I think the Kryptonian Elder, who's the only Kryptonian that we hear talk. Um, That is played by actor John Hollis. And we might have mentioned this on the previous iteration of the show. But do you know uh, what other famous role John Hollis played, Chris? I do not. He had another big credit in 1980. He was a Lobot in The Empire Strikes Back.
1: Oh, man.
0: All right. (laughs) He had a good year. So, yeah, it's the same guy.
1: (laughs) Old Lobot, man. Oh, yeah. With those awesome – uh, Dre Beats he's got on his head yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: It, it only confirms My estimation that there are Nine actors in England So if you shoot in England you just have to use those Nine people because you see the same Actors appear in Every show it's and, the, and movie It's amazing so he must have just been Hanging around Pinewood and they Were like okay well can, can you just say Guilty into a microphone a couple of times like, Alright no problem alright oh, the, we need to back on the Empire set no problem I got him good
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, another thing that uh, I hate to bring up kind of a downer, but you saw about the Empire Strikes Back and and uh, one reason why we might have had that green screen scene was, you know, I, I don't think I realized this. John Barry passed away. He died uh, while I think they said on the first day that Superman two resumed filming. Oh, boy. John. Barry died on the set of Empire Strikes Back from meningitis. Uh, oh, so, man. I mean, that might be another reason because they couldn't, you know, I, they, they couldn't even go, you know, consult him and ask him, well, where's this at or what you do, you know, what's, you know, well, you know, so so they were kind of, again, that thread was, I don't know if he was going to work on this film or if he was too busy doing Empire or, or what. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, we lost our architect of uh, Krypton and uh, – and the Fortress of Solitude, uh, which, you know, of course, he did a lot for the film. But those two things alone, like we said before, he created a whole alien civilization in uh, what's it say, six weeks time or something, something like
0: that. that. Unbelievable.
1: I <laughs> just yeah. And I mean, a totally, totally unique and uh, well thought out uh, alien civilization that will I mean, the whole the whole notion of Krypton and its reliance on crystal technology and crystal architecture will continue on into the comics and to a later sequel, uh, you know, even beyond this film series. So, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, he, uh, you know, so it's a shame. I, 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 that was really shocked. I didn't realize that John Barry passed away at such a young age and during, you know, at the height of his, his career like that. I just was unaware of that. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. That's tragic. It really, I mean, said that it was nice that Donner, uh, Donner, I didn't get it because I mean, of course, the first film was dedicated to Jeffrey Onsworth, who also passed away very unexpectedly. So they, they, I'm wondered why, like, maybe Barry wasn't put in dedicated in this one at the top of the film. But I also know that movie, like, for some reason, movie studios don't like dedications. Like, they apparently they really fight it, and you have to have some real directorial or producer heft to get them in. So if you ever see one opening a movie, you know it's because somebody. Uh, on the crew side and the production side really, really fought for it. But from what I understand, movie studios are almost always against it.
1: Huh? That's, like that's... Maybe they
0: feel like it opens the movie on a somber note, you know, like they have a, a dedication or something. I don't feel that way to me. I always feel like it's touching if you say something nice about a person who worked on the film. But but yeah, I, I heard that a long time ago that they just, studios are just like, no, 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 no dedications. But so yeah, that's why Harry yeah, it... isn't mentioned.
1: Yeah, and it's it's interesting because you know one thing, and I don't, I'm not sure we even brought this up <clears throat> enough on on Superman movie minute before, but this movie really wasn't. This was a Saul kind production, basically distributed by Warner Brothers. This wasn't. They they raised the money basically for this film, and yep. I mean Warner Brothers may have like backed them by you know a certain percentage of it, and you know gave them extra money. I, I believe they did, but this really was an independent production that then just, you know, they happened to go through, uh, Warner's who in a roundabout way at that time owned DC. It was really weird how there wasn't a direct connection like there is now between, uh, Warner brothers and DC It was like an arm of Warner brothers owned DC. And it was like they, you couldn't, you, you couldn't go directly from one division to the next. You had to go through all the myriad, Uh, red tape tunnels you know basically to to make the connections and so it you know we take for granted now that any dc movie comes out it's gonna be a warner brothers movie because warner brothers owns dc but in this case it wasn't so some of these decisions you think well why would warner brothers let them fire richard donner why would he they let them not use marlon brando but if the salkines were in control i mean they it was their it was their movie really it 's inconceivable and,
0: to think about yeah. now how much these movies are all so studio driven and the idea that Warner Brothers would basically let the rights the film rights to just something called Superman be in the hands of independent people and of course that happened on Batman too with Uzlan uh, uh, and Milkener. they basically yeah. had the rights to batman i mean it 's yeah. unreal that that was a, that 's how little Warner Brothers thought that these things were you know translatable. As movie properties. It's just right. – it's, it's crazy that they were like, oh, yeah, these guys, you want the rights to Superman? Here you go. Have them. What? You know? you yeah. try, Imagine trying to do that now. You couldn't get the rights to like a D-level character from Disney. If you went to Disney, you're like – you pulled out Ohatmu, you know, and you're like, can I have the rights to the, like the living tribunal? They'd be like, no, we own that. Get out of here. And yet <laughs> these two guys could get the rights to Superman.
1: It's right. crazy. Of course, Marvel. You know, they kind of paid the same prices. That's one reason why they're, you know, they're just right. now getting everybody back yep. in the house because they yep. would sell. They sold the rights to anybody that had a buck. Back, <laughs> you know, back, I mean, just in the hopes that something would get made, you know. And then those those people sold the, their rights off to somebody else. And I mean, of course, there's there's story upon story upon story, and even a movie film that was never intended to ever be released. Yep. Corman Fantastic yep. Four as as part of that. So it's just it's it, it is insane though nowadays, especially in this this complete studio driven. Oh, man. I mean, we've kind of gone back to the the old studio ways of the or of early Hollywood to a point in, in a in a in a strange way and and this was like the the wild west years here, I guess, where where uh um you know, like a couple of uh foreign producers could just, you know, say, yeah, you know, the the and Ilya's like Hey, we should do a movie on Superman. And Alexander's like, "Great, who's Superman?" You know, yeah. that's
0: <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine I, when you talk about the Marvel stuff in the '90s, where they were licensing their characters just to everybody? I feel like the the Marvel guys asked one question of anybody that wanted to license a character for movies, which was, "Do you guys have your check?" Like that was it. That was like you know, can you hand <laughs> us a check today? If if the answer is yes, yes, you can have Ghost Rider. You know, what I mean? like that's all they cared about. It's 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 crazy, really. I mean, I mean, the Salt did have some stuff to point to they could look at the the three musketeers movies and say right. hey look we got these produced so we know what we're doing but it does still seem, seem crazy and of course it's the the fact that the salkinds were able to then sell the rights to to canon oh god for the fourth movie and it just, again it just seems like a totally different world where you could sell the rights to superman and warner brothers was almost sort of helpless to do anything about it
1: well, and it's like, you know, Warner Brothers, again, Warner Brothers didn't look at Canon's output and say, oh, whoa, 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 wait a minute, yeah. guys. Whoa, wait, hold on. What? We'll buy it back now. Don't yeah. sell it to Canon. Yeah. You know, it's like Warner Brothers wouldn't just fork over whatever, however many million. You know, Superman's worth it to them yeah. to get oh. it back, you know, and it's like, yeah, and then, then of course, we know what happened. But uh, you brought up Superman I 4. did. I apologize. <laughs> I was about to say that of all the movies that should have ended with Superman going
0: back in time and reversing everything, it should have been Superman, Superman 4. That he should have just. <laughs> None of this movie happened. I just erased it all. Okay, thanks, Superman. Okay, so yeah, the it's all it's
1: all a fever dream anyway. It's like <laughs> a strange, strange fever dream. that's like you know, it's like oh, he's dying, and it's an old man, and it's always comes. It's, it finds a crystal that shouldn't be there, and okay, uh, but anyway, we laugh uh, now,
0: but we're gonna cry when we get to Superman four
1: movie minute. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Well, I think we've said, uh, we're into credits, uh, you know, we're into recap. I think we've said all we can about uh, the opening five minutes of Superman 2, you think?
0: Uh, yes. I mean, we. this film has a lot less credits. Uh, so we'll actually I think we'll probably be done the credits after the next episode. The first movie has so many credits. We were talking about them for a while. And again, you even hear Donner talk about, oh, my God, long credit sequence. But this one's a lot shorter. I think they, they lop a lot more out to just get to the action, even with intercutting scenes from the first movie. It just zips through a lot faster.
1: Yeah, it does, yeah And I'm I'm actually looking forward to seeing the scenes from the first movie again We get to talk about them all over again Cool, <laughs> alright, get the pie, second bite of that apple That's right <laughs> Well, I guess that'll do it uh, for this episode uh, Join us again on Superman 2 Movie Minute And what's our outro? I forgot <laughs>
0: Or do we even have one? It doesn't matter. We we do. We want to thank the Star Wars guys. Again, the Star Wars Minute guys. Oh, yeah. Again. Now they're they're currently doing uh, the the last Jedi. Not the last Jedi. What am I saying? The Force Awakens. They're kinda do the Force, which I've been really enjoying because I love that movie, and so I'm happy that they're on the Disney films now. It's super exciting.
1: Yeah, me too. I've been really enjoying that, and I and I just got I've got such a I had so much fun with with Force Awakens, and and uh, you know my daughter became a huge Ray fan, so I've got a lot of oh. I got a lot of. Uh, uh, love invested in that movie, too, because, you know, I got to see her get all super excited about a Star Wars movie. So. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's fun revisiting that, even though it's not been that long ago. It's still fun to it's still fun to revisit. I'm looking I'm looking forward to they got a lot more. They got a lot of movies to go through there, which is interesting to think in a short amount of time, how many Star Wars movies have come out. Uh, they will and, never
0: be done. They will th- they hand were...
1: this over to their children. They will never finish. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Us, on the other hand, I'm not. <laughs> that's the way the super Superman movies are going, I don't know if we'll, when we'll get another Superman movie anytime soon. Who knows? Mm. So yeah, but uh, but we don't. We're not concerned with those. We're concerned with the uh, the uh, Donner, Salkine, Christopher Reeve Superman movies. So uh, so I guess that'll do it for now. And uh, we'll see you guys next time on Superman Movie Minute. Bye. Bye.
0: Good afternoon, Mr. President. Sorry I've been away so long.
1: I won't let you down again.